0: Okay, let's answer some comments <clears throat> or questions and respond to some comments. So Anthony7416 says, thank you for the permission slip. You're welcome. Sometimes you just need permission to look where you've always wanted to look, to go where you've always known you could go, but you've just been given so many other um, options or you've been given so many other Ideas about where you could go or should go or can go. Um, But there's that one place, that one possibility that's been with you the whole time. As close as your own nostrils. (laughs) But somehow the mind overlooks it by seeking, by imagining, by avoiding. So when you sense it, go there. Your words are like water slowly spinning down a drain. I feel like I'm circling around something. How to go deeper. Don't try to go deeper. Just circle the drain. That's the key. You know, don't try to have an agenda about how this should go. Because the mind is tricky. It's sneaky. It'll tell you sorry, just moving stuff around here. Uh, The mind will tell you that you need to figure out how to keep going down the drain. You need to figure this out and that out and so forth. And Um, It's not like that. You just let the process proceed and realize how our sneaky little mind sometimes will convince us we need to manage it. We need to navigate it. We need to control the process. You can't control this process. That's the beauty of it in a way. (laughs) the one thing you you can't convince yourself you're in control of. Perhaps you can convince yourself for a short time you're in control of it, but it's not going to last. Um, it's too potent of a process. The wise learn from everyone, even fools. The fool learns from no one, not even the wise. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> I'd say that's pretty accurate. I guess instincts can take you where you need to be, but a particular, um, I'm sorry, to be at a particular time and then bring you to the next instinct. I would say that's pretty accurate as well. Someone says, um, this is Ball Smasher. (laughs) Ball Smasher 69420. Uh, It says, I'm I'm so close, feeling like shit today, but listening to this while resting as pure being, the knowing, I'm sure I'm that. Mm. Why be sure you're that? Why step back from it to be sure of anything? To be sure of something is a thought still. To doubt something is a thought still. So you're very, very close. You're very intimate there. But just become fully immersed. Let it overtake completely all aspects of experience. Really let go into it so that there's no need to make a thought about it. There's no need to step apart from it to make any conclusion, any position, anything. This is why the one-pointed approach works so well. Like moo. What is moo? You just be as close to moo as possible. Don't separate yourself from moo. Don't drive a thought wedge between yourself and moo. Just let there be moo. You know? Sometimes you need that orientation because... Before that, before awakening, you think all that all the only game in town is thoughts. It seems that way. Seems like without thoughts you can't confirm anything. Without thoughts, you it's like you know I don't know what to do, right? You do, but the thoughts make it seem like you don't. So it can help to have something there that's an object of interest, an object of uh, focus, and even an object of obsession. At some point, that's how it feels to be one pointed with something. Moo and so forth. Obsession with a person or an external situation would be absurd or dangerous in this situation. Um, I'm sorry, absurd in this, in this context and potentially dangerous in life, right? When I say obsession, I mean obsession with the absorption itself. Vigilance. Someone said, wait, what did you find when you inquired into the nature of thought? This was user KP5D1 on and on. What did you find when you inquired into the nature of thought, knowing it's varying for all? What did you find, Angelo? <laughs> I wouldn't tell you that. Like, first of all, if I if I said it in words, and, and I think the question is sincere, so that's great. If I said it in words, it wouldn't be the insight. The insight you find by doing this, by taking up this possibility, by traversing this path, by taking the backward step, what you find is not something you can say in words for sure. It's so far beyond words. So then if I were to say it in words to you, I would be lying. I wouldn't be telling you the truth, right? As it says in the three pillars of Zen, if I speak about Zen, it's not Zen I'm speaking about. That's really it, right? Even if I could tell you, I wouldn't, because I wouldn't rob you of the experience yourself or the discovery, which you will discover on your own. Someone said, there's one point I found completely confusing. Um, And my reasoning uh, claims is plain wrong. (laughs) At 3618 on my video called The Discomfort of Thinking and Dissolving the Thinker. Okay, so that's the video. It's at 3618. The person is named Greg. Um, You start talking about how when one how one may find that the gap until the next thought arises, gets bigger when you repeat the exercise. So if you notice the gap between thoughts and you notice it getting bigger, right, as you repeat the exercise. He said, but how can you tell anything about the gap or notice its duration? By definition, there are no thoughts during the gap. So your belief is you cannot confirm anything. Sorry about the sound. Your belief is you cannot confirm anything without a thought. That's the belief. That's the belief of mind identification. I can't know anything without a thought. I can't confirm anything without a thought. Moreover, um, and it's a good question, by the way, a very good question. It shows that you're trying to look with precision, so that's great. Moreover, if you're thinking about this conceptually, this is exactly the answer you're going to get. If you think about this conceptually, you'd be like, well, wait a minute. No, if there's a gap between thoughts and something to know that, then there must be something knowing it. That's not the right approach, though. I don't want you to think about this conceptually. I want you to look in the gap. I want you to go right to the gap. And don't try to make conclusions. Don't try to make thought conclusions. And at some point you will find out whether or not in direct experience, not conceptual experience, you will find out whether or not you can confirm the absence of thoughts without a thought. And that will be a huge realization. But it it takes even more precise orientation than just conceptual precision. You may have to push a little bit here. You may have to push yourself beyond barriers, beyond tendencies to distract, beyond a fear barrier. But you can do it, and you will. (laughs) And this other quote from my own video, they're quoting me, Tom Torres said, at 4404, I said, you don't have to doubt the thought or even negate the thought just set it aside. It's true. You don't have to exactly. That's that's the whole thing with thought is like, if you believe the world of thoughts view, if you believe the way thought views reality from its own perspective, it would seem like you can't do anything without a thought. And every thought is has truth value, meaning it's either true or false or partially true or partially false. And moreover, you have to take a stance in regard to the thought. It looks like that through the lens of thought. But guess what? You don't have to look through the lens of thought. You go like this. You look through not the lens of thought. Easier said than done, maybe, but it's definitely doable. And that's why I'm always pointing to these tricks, these keys, these approaches, these phrases, whatever works for you to get that indirect experience. This is kind of the same as the answer to the last question. These are all great questions, by the way. Someone said, the video is five different methods, but I only said four. (laughs) Could be true, Buddhist girl. Buddhist, Buddhist, Buddhist girl. She's not Buddhist. She's Buddhist. I like that. Okay. Oh, well, she's also watching a clip of me. So the clips are only 30 seconds, 60 seconds long. You have to find the original video. Anyone watching this, by the way, a lot of people ask this. If you see a clip you like, look at the title and then go to my channel page and search. You can search a channel page on YouTube for that name of that video. You can watch the whole video. How would you point someone to what is happening right now? <laughs> and then yeah, they put a star and said, this is a pointer. This is Thomas Whe- Wheeler. How would I point someone? That's what I'm doing all the time. I mean, that's what I'm doing all the time. Literally always again and again and again and again. We can talk about presence or mindfulness topically, and we can even talk about it as a practice, and those are fine. But I'm trying to give you a direct taste of it such that it changes your perception or your perspective permanently. And depending on how big of a taste you get, it can literally turn reality inside out for you. I just talked to somebody for whom that happened. Literally just turned reality inside out for her. And she didn't even know it was going to happen, didn't plan for it. I mean, plan meaning wasn't on a spiritual path, wasn't doing practices, wasn't inquiring. Had heard of spiritual awakening, but didn't realize what it was at all. Had no idea and wasn't like trying. It just happened through a conversation. And it was a very, very, very profound, life-shattering, reality-shattering awakening. So it's not common, but it does happen. It can happen. You, too, in one way or another. Sometimes it does take intention, though. Yeah. Someone said, I was doing the inquiry. Why am I me instead of them as a child as well? I apparently also promised my mom I would defeat death and not let her die when I was four. I remember crying for my parents or remaining alone at age four when I figured out people get old and die. Yeah. Children have a lot of wisdom and often have these moments of existential confusion, fear, um, can even be somewhat traumatic for kids on occasion. Sometimes it's traumatic for their parents. I've heard of all these situations. Um, But I think most of us, if we kind of think back, we could probably find something in our childhood that really shook our foundations, you know, or we asked a question that scared the this scared the adults scared the parents. Yeah. Well, someone said, "Well, that was different." <laughs> Professor Deb said that. I, I, my video was called Two Ways of Experiencing Reality, which do you prefer? Sometimes I wonder if someone makes a comment like that if they're brand new to the channel they've ever seen non-duality because YouTube serves this stuff to people randomly so occasionally someone's going to come across one of these videos that's very direct or full on and it's going to be like what the fuck just happened someone said thank you for reminding us I do need these pointings over and over you know I was talking to somebody recently um, and You know, it really came up that before you have a significant shift in identity, right, significant insight, however you want to call that, um, before that happens, it's it's 95% conceptual. It's just the mind just goes on and on and on with story after story, thought after thought, narrative after narrative, and you'll be identified with a lot of it. Sometimes you're kind of de-identifying or disidentifying, and the thought's You become aware of thoughts as such. But a lot of times it's just blah, blah, blah of the mind on and on and stories and narratives, and it just goes on forever, right? That's how it feels until there's a significant shift in identity. Um, Even though that's happening, these pointings, coming across a a good direct pointer, coming across a direct transmission, interacting with somebody who's pointing you directly to your true nature over and over, um, doing your own inquiry, using a koan, all of these processes do touch you into to a sort of living truth i think they touch you into something beyond you beyond the the confines of the mind and the constructs of time and so forth that we believe contain us and contain reality actually so we are touching into something beyond all of that every time you know if you watch a video and you that's why a lot of people who tell me who've had awakenings and have had very, very deep realization, just watch videos. They just watch them over and over and over. And that definitely points to something beyond the conceptual mind, even though the conceptual mind is just rattling on and on. So a lot of this happens behind the scenes. Like you've heard the term, your head's in the tiger's mouth or whatever. Um, and that's how it is. A lot of this happens, behind the scenes and just keep coming back. You know, if you're thirsty, keep going back to the well. Sooner or later, you'll draw up something real, um but you may not feel any progress as, as this is playing out. And find what resonates with you. Find what feels true, what feels real, what feels like it causes a shift, causes something deep to, to resonate or to illuminate, and um, go there. Yeah, go back there. Someone said, um, this is Atmaram Samarth. This is insanely helpful even after awakening. The shift in identity from thought to presence was very clear, but I didn't know what this substance is. Yes, that's right. Sounds strange, I know, but that's exactly the issue. When it happened, I was unable to say the word I even to myself for three days. The I am became to be, broken grammar. When others said you referring to me, I'm stunned or start laughing. Uh... This is Sagardata's I am. Thank you for this video. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So um, the video they were talking about is called uh, What the Heck is Consciousness? And this is a very often misunderstood idea, uh, or not idea, but a pointer when I talk about unbound consciousness. It's often very misunderstood. In fact, I recently um, referred to this Uh, issue in another um, response to a comment where somebody had asked, um, they'd asked about, no, actually what they commented was that I had used the term consciousness in a way, when I say unbound consciousness, in a way that usually means actually self-consciousness or thinking consciousness or thought-based consciousness. And I very clearly explained that's not what I'm talking about actually at all. It's a very radically different experience. Um, and as this person said here, yeah, it's, it's nothing like just a thought that says I am or anything like that. It's, it's a, it's a radical departure from the usual ways we think about ourselves with thought that we self-reflect and so forth. Nisargardot is a great, uh, resource, awesome, awesome, um, writing and clarity. And yeah, his, his exchanges with others too are really fun and powerful for sure. So check it out if you haven't. hmm so someone named juan plazas said can't you improve your life in maya good health stable finances while increasing your level of consciousness are they mutually exclusive you know it's interesting i don't usually use the terminology increase your level of consciousness um it's not really about increasing a level um there there are spaces in which we could talk about increasing consciousness or your vibration or the higher self but those spaces are conceptual. Essentially, um, they can be valuable in the relative world, in the relative world of better and worse, and and so forth. But that's not what I'm really pointing to with this. I'm pointing beyond all of that. I'm pointing beyond all those paradigms of higher self, lower self, any self, no self, this self, that self, because all this ultimately be, can become conceptual very quickly, right? Uh, spiritual concepts and so forth. Um, so I'm I'm pointing completely beyond that. I'm point I'm pointing to a very real. Uh, disruption in the experience of identity. And that's that's it. That's the most important point of what I point to you know, again and again and again. Um, is that mutually exclusive with working on the usual relative stuff in life, like exercise, working out, getting healthier? No, it's not mutually exclusive at all. They're just not the same thing. Um, there's no reason to abandon your normal duties and responsibilities and health and relationship and work and all the things you do in life. You can do all of that and still engage in this process I'm talking about. So um, so they're not necessarily mutually exclusive, but they're also not synergistic either. They're kind of just unrelated. <laughs> um, so it doesn't really matter what's going on in the relative world uh, that's called you and your life as far as engaging this process. This process will propagate itself um, really independent of anything else that's happening once once it starts. the ball, ball starts rolling. Someone said, "Is there an archetype of sadness? Because I'll, because I'm that right now. <laughs> Would be cool to have a tantric deity of sadness, grief. Amazing video, thank you. This is Tom C, sixteen seventy seven, double barrel non duality with Kogan. That was a great one. If you haven't seen it, um, I don't know. There may well be a deity, tantric deity of grief, sadness, loss. Um, Shiva maybe in in Hinduism, right, of destruction." Uh, disintegration. I don't know. I'm not sure about that. <clears throat> Someone said, um, I like what Adi said. This is uh, Kishab. I like what Adi said about awakening being about standing on your own two feet. I am happy that there's no need to take any notes for later or to reify anything you say, rather just able to sit and listen and sense the simple clarity you're pointing to here. Thank you so much. That's exactly the right way to read, read, that statement by Adi If you read it like um, standing on your own two feet, you could you could read it a lot of ways, of course. And if, if, if it's Adi you have to read it within context of when he was speaking about it, what he was saying, and so forth. Because that statement can mean a lot of things, right? It could mean, um, <clears throat> you know, stand up for yourself in life or be confident or, you know, become independent or something, right? That's not what we're talking about here. It's exactly what you said. Um, it's that uh, you have everything you need right here in this moment. You have everything you need, even in this, this this eternal this that is in the moment. It's not even in time. And yet everything that's needed is here. So you, you do stand on your own two feet. And also you don't depend on anything I say or anything anyone else says. And yet the message can be received because you don't depend on it. You're not putting it on me to wake up. Um, you're not putting it on, you know, an ancient text. It's just this, just this moment. And whatever appears in this moment, whether it's words from Shanti or one of my videos or anything else that's being experienced in the moment. Um, that is your pointer. That is the truth. That is the best teacher you're ever going to find, right? The leaf falling from the tree is is the most clarity you'll ever see. If you really see what's there, if you really see it. Someone else commented on that comment. They're called, I can't read the name there. Um, They said, I'm so relieved I've moved past taking notes. What a waste of time and effort. It is, it is. And occasionally I'll see someone literally taking notes when I'm giving a talk or something. And it's like, you don't need to take notes, you know, really it's, you know, it either hits or it doesn't, but just keep staying present. And the next thing may hit and the next thing may hit. But if you're taking notes and thinking about something I said five minutes ago, and then you're kind of missing it a little bit more a lot. Someone said, cute doggy. That's Ashley Smashley. Um, The doggy is uh, Kimora. She's a sweetheart. She's a good girl. She's sleeping right here, right next to me. Someone said, Tom Torres, at 4210 on this video called The Discomfort of Thinking and Dissolving the Thinker. At 4210, I talked about freeze frame your mind on that one thought. Absolutely. And then he said his mind was blown or something through emojis here. But that's that's a very potent thing to do. Try it. Freeze frame your mind on one thought and hold it there. On and on and on. Just hold it there. Meaning don't think about it. Don't add a thought. Don't think about what that thought means. Don't think about what's happening. Just hold the thought. Freeze it right there. Stare right into it. And you'll be staring into the abyss. This is Pam. Pam, hi, Pam. If you haven't seen Pam's interview, check it out. It's great. She said, no words for how beautiful this was. Well, Pam, you're beautiful too. She's talking about, oh, this was an awesome interview. Really, really good interview. It's called From the Streets to Unconditional Love. Check it out if you haven't seen it. It's phenomenal. One of my favorite interviews I ever did. It's just gorgeous. Um, Freddie Walker said, no non-duality speech really resonates with me. The only thing that kind of does uh, does it is wondering if I'm looking at the looking or if the looking is looking at me. If that works for you, that's great. Try Douglas Harding's type stuff. That might work really well for you. Um, and this is why I say, try different things. Try different pointings. You only need one. You only need one salient point of focus. You only need one salient question, one turning word. You don't need a thousand You don't need 10 teachers. You don't need any teachers. You just need one injury point, and that's the one that works for you, that resonates with you, that turns you inward, that allows you to take the backward step. That's what we're looking for. Okay, someone said this is kind of a complex thing, so I'll read it, though. Tom C. said, I always thought of consciousness as just the general awareness of any sensation. Okay, fair enough. You might be talking a little bit more about the term awareness as it's more commonly used, but it doesn't matter. Your definition here is more specific to thought. Okay, true. Um. So just to be specific and precise, so like think of the, in the Buddhist model, they would say there's like six sense gates, right? Sight, sound, smell, touch, taste. Sight, sound, smell, touch, taste, yeah. And um, the sixth is cognition. That's consciousness. That's the term I'm using for consciousness. It's also used that way in the suttas, by the way. I've looked it up. <laughs> um, consciousness isn't talked about very, frequently in the suttas, but it is there. And they talk about it in the way that it hits me exactly. It's, a, it's a, It has a reflective nature, and it's it's distorting. It's always distorting in nature. Yeah. It also mechanistically does line up because if you are able to see the nature of thought itself, you see how thought arises, where thought arises, where the I am thought arises, if you find that, you'll find it is this sort of substance that I'm calling consciousness. So mechanistically, it it can be discovered directly. So it does, does it matter what term you use for that? No, not really, but mechanistically it's, it's, um, consistent. So they said, I, I dislike the word choice personally. Okay. So I hear people say that too. Sometimes I don't like this word. I don't like that word. It's just a word, but what, what matters is what it's referring to and how clear someone is pointing to what it's actually referring to. I think it should be called mind instead. Okay. Fair enough. Seems less confusing, maybe. But but mind could be almost considered like an object, like a collection of thoughts. Consciousness has the subjectivity experience. But if that feels like mind to you, then the term mind is fine. It doesn't matter. That's the long lines of Buddhism. They use the word mind with like a capital M. Probably too late to bring this up since your label of consciousness is getting more solidified in this community. Bye! Well, I'm not trying to solidify anything. Hopefully I'm trying to desolidify everything. Any 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 term I use, if you're holding it really tightly, if you're like, if there's a lot of tension based on the word itself, that's not the point. Like who cares? Who cares what definition I use or word I use? The point is your own insight right now. Yeah. So can you can you move beyond this like fixation with thoughts? This worry that it's this word or that word or, you know, can you move beyond that? And what is there when you move beyond it? What is there when you let go of any tendency to react to thoughts, labels, beliefs, etc.? what do you find? I don't care what you call it. Can you find it? Have you found it? Have you realized you've never been outside of it, but have you realized it not learned it? Yeah, that's what matters. And then they said, um, I always get confused by the word choice. I don't know what to say about that, but call it mind if you want, um, Yeah, Then they just said, I really appreciate your clear description of what you mean by the word, though, so I can happily refer back to this video. So I guess I would ask you, if you're making that distinction, if consciousness is only consciousness of, like, the five senses, if you're conscious of the five senses, um, then mind, does it have a different quality? This is what I would ask you to look at, you know, not to talk about the terms, but to look at. Does mind have a different kind of quality than the five senses? Or I might ask you, where does the sense of I arise? If you have a sense of I, do you have a sense of I? Do you have a sense of self? If you do, where does it arise? Does it feel like mind to you? Is that, is that what you mean by that? Is that a different kind of sense, the sense of I? Does it feel different than sound, right? That's what I really want you to traverse and be clear about experientially, not conceptually. Okay. Christine said, this is where I am now. And this is a video called, uh, What Does the Illusion of Self Feel Like? Then she said, how can I arrange a one-to-one session with you? Well, I don't do them, unfortunately. The way to talk to me one on one is through retreat or through um, sustaining member member level at my channel, uh, which I think is 10 dollars nine ninety nine a month maybe that then there's two lives per month so i'll do a live you through youtube and i'll do a live on zoom and then people can ask questions through that cool someone says the space where thoughts form feels like noise static feels like there is a voice or many voices talking very low volume wanting to call my attention this is someone who has started to look really closely at the nature of thought and consciousness as soon as i unconsciously drift to this thought noise The volume increases gradually until I'm drifting through thoughts. Here's what I want you to to look at. When you say, I drift to this thought noise, where are you drifting from? What are you when you're not drifting into the thought noise, right? Look for that belief that's, that's linking you in a mechanistic way to having to go down a thought road because you're starting to experience thought at a more undifferentiated level, which is really good. But just see, why do you think you're separate from it? Where's the evidence that there's a you separate from that undifferentiated experience? Or can you remain in the undifferentiated experience without taking the next thought that goes, oh, every time this happens, this happens, right? That's what I would encourage you to look into. But you're really right, right there. I really don't wanna turn off my mind. Uh, Even when thoughts can feel very uncomfortable. Well. Maybe this is Nicholas snake, Nicholas, Nicholas snake, (laughs) Nicola snake. Um, so the second part of the question kind of tells me something. I really, really two words, two reallys don't want to turn off my mind, even though when thoughts can feel very uncomfortable, why not? It's almost like, you know, you can turn your mind off here. You know, you can go beyond this. You're right at the edge there. Um, I would just look into it. Like, what are you afraid of? What are you afraid of going like really off the map? That's what you're doing is you're going off the map when you, in the way you're talking about, turn off your mind. But you're right there. So good luck. Someone says, asking questions makes doubts and thoughts come up. The sense of just being or just existing was there when I was playing with my birds sitting in the sun. No thoughts. Awesome. Keep playing with your birds. Sounds fun, sounds peaceful. (laughs) Okay, I think that's all for now. Really nice uh, chatting with everybody and uh, answering your comments and questions and looking at uh, what people respond to these videos. So, So thank you all very much and we will talk soon.